At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24-monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back for another episode of Kaiju Curry House, the British bi-weekly podcast dedicating to bringing you the creme anglais of B-movie banter. However, from this point forwards, we are going to be releasing episodes on a weekly basis. You heard it from us first. Joined tonight, we have Joe, Paul, and Matt Frank. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Howdy. Joe and Paul. <laughs> oh my God. Hello. Good to be back. It's great to have you back. Uh, Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Wow, straight in there, Alex, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not messing around. I watched a film called Gantz Zero. It's a, um, it's a movie on Netflix. It's a uh, CGI animated film based on a manga, I believe. It's, um, it's good. It is, it is a good film. I know I normally say I saw something and it's pretty pants. This movie I enjoyed. Uh, it's about a a guy that gets stabbed to death in a train station, which is nice and dark. He then wakes up in a room with some people and he's been effectively resurrected and he can get his life back if he kills lots of monsters. Okay. And so him and this group of people in the room get generated into, uh, I think it's in Osaka, and a wave of enemies comes, and the more monsters you kill, the more points you get. If you get enough points, you can upgrade your weaponry, and if you kill the boss, then you can either resurrect someone that's died, or resurrect yourself into the real world again. Hmm. It's it's pretty much a video game movie without actually being a video game. Yeah. But it's just a a cool action film. You know, you've got guys with swords and guns fighting monsters in, in Japan, and... That's what I like to mm-hmm. see. So, yeah, Gantz Zero, it's on Netflix. And? It's cool. When was that released? Um, it was released in 2016. So it's not new. Okay, so it's a it's recent. It's not old. It's, it's reasonably recent. Yeah, it was um, at the end of 2016. Yeah. Excellent. So I think there's a whole series of, of films or, or maybe even a TV series based on the original manga, but mm-hmm. I've only seen that one CGI film. But I'd definitely recommend it for anyone. Cool. Um, Alex, what have, you, what have um, Kaiju been up to? Well, as a rite of passage that seems to be kind of doing the rounds at the moment amongst us hosts, I sat my girlfriend down and said, so, you want to get into Godzilla movies? And she said no. Um, Uh, If she was sensible, that's what she would have said. She foolishly said, of course I want to because I care. 
and, and that was the first mistake. And did I play a Godzilla versus Megalon? No, I did not because I, I, I didn't want to throw her into the deep end. I know I, I, I was selective about it. I thought, I'm right, disappointed. Okay, I'll play you something really kind of middle of the road, not too wacky. And I went in there with Godzilla versus Hedera. <laughs> not too wacky. That's less wacky. <laughs> uh, you know, said with irony. And uh, actually, she really enjoyed it. It was, it was nice to watch because um, she was sat, sat there and then the opening, as she described it, Bond Girl intro song kind of starts. And she's like, okay, there's a Bond Girl song starting, except they're singing about heavy metal poisoning of the waters. That's a bit odd. And then I was like, well, you think that's odd? Wait for the fish heads. <laughs> Yay, of course, that was released. The, the, the fish heads make the film for me. And yeah, it, it went down well. I, because I'm a parent of two young kids, I fell asleep about two thirds of the way through and she carried on watching and didn't turn it off. So I will take that as a wow. win. Yeah. That, that is good. And then I said to her, right, you're committed now. I'm going to play you my favourite Godzilla movies, which, as many people know from listening to our show, it's the 70s movies. So I started with Godzilla vs. Hedera. We're working through versus Gigan versus Megalon versus Mecha Godzilla, and the best one, Terror of Mecha Godzilla. Indeed. <laughs> there you go. Um, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? I have been indoctrinating a new generation of monster fans into Harryhausen Sinbad films. So, yeah. So we had four kids over. They shut the schools um, last Friday, not this Friday, but last Friday. So we had the kids round. We had them for pizza and we allowed them to have a sleepover because we kind of figured things were not going to get any more social than this. So, we uh, let them pick movies, and rather than pick from the cartoons, they wandered up to my office, which is geeky. And mm-hmm. I have about, what would you say, fellas, 200 monster and sci-fi films, just about six-year-old eye level. Nice. Yeah, somewhere yeah, around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on, your, on your right-hand side of the room. Yeah, there's, there's loads. I mean, um, yeah. when I kind of visited your house and saw your treasure trove of figures, you went, well, that, that's nothing. If you want to watch a film, everything's here. And because I'm not used to Region 1 stuff, I'm like, whoa, what are these? What, what, they're DVDs, Alex. Whoa. <laughs> the cover art's different. Yeah, well, anyway, I was very impressed with their selection. It brought a tear to my eye. They chose uh, Golden. I have the Tiger and Seventh Voyage of Sinbad um, Very good. as the films that they wanted to watch because and it, it was absolutely wonderful to watch them all just react and to enjoy them and it was really funny because they caught on very quickly. That's not the same Sinbad. No, no, it is not. <laughs> but you know, but it was it was really That's lovely. A different guy. Yeah, right. But. Um, we had to watch the seventh voyage of Sinbad last because it's the best. and mm. he gets married in that one. So we can't have Sinbad gallivanting with all these ladies and then, you know, like marry one of the first and then, you know, he's having fun. Nope. In the, no, we couldn't do that. What kind of message would that send? Exactly. So we watched the seventh voyage of Sinbad last and it, my, I was waiting the whole time for the Cyclops dragon fight. And when it came, they were all absolutely enthralled and it was really funny because my girlfriend got involved because she started shouting at the screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, so 
she's like shouting at Sinbad and the princess. Uh, it's like, Prissa, Sinbad, what are you doing? Go! Why are you standing there? Go! <laughs> get, get the hell <laughs> out of there! It's I know, it, but it was really great. It was a really fun, just like family moment, if you will. And everybody was watching it. We had the popcorn, and just everybody was really animated. So that was that was just a lovely experience. And I'm gonna talk that up as to what I have had uh, in between podcasts. Matt, fellow mm. Yank, what have you mm. been? What have Kaiju been up to? Well, in my efforts to stave off existential dread, I uh, have, um, well, I mean, you guys know, my life is kaijuing it all over the place. That's not a word. Um, my my life is just, like, kaiju adjacent, nearly you live constantly. On Mo- you live on Odo Island. We get it. That's right. I, yeah, I, I live hmm. on Monsterland. I am the mayor of Monsterland. Um, as far as specific stuff goes... Um, I have been greatly enjoying uh, the return of Ultraman uh, because those new Blu-rays just came out stateside and the return of Ultraman turns out is pretty excellent uh, uh, production value for a early 70s Ultraman series. Um, There's a real sense of like, there's a real sense of dread and drama that goes into it. um, and, And uh, my wife is a pretty big Ultraman fan, uh, but she's very selective about it because she, uh, you know, there are certain things she looks for in it, and some of the older shows don't tend to appeal to her as much. Um, but I showed her, we did like a like kind of a triple or quadruple feature where I showed her like, because we were going to watch the re- rebuild of Evangelion movies, specifically the first two. And the good ones. So, okay. <laughs> sure. I wouldn't. Well, the recap and then where things start to go slightly off the rails in part two. But in, uh, but, but I decided like, well, we need to watch some return of Ultraman because that is where Hideaki Anno got most of his inspiration from. It's his favorite Ultraman series. And it was a huge influence on him. He even made his own version of the Return of Ultraman in the 80s for one of the Daikons, one of the uh, big Japanese conventions, um, where it is available on YouTube. If you want to watch, like, a totally played straight Ultraman episode that then when Ultraman shows up, it's just Hideaki Anno in a jacket. Um, it's just, it's just him. It's just him and his bushy hair and everything, kicking the monster. It's great, but it's really well shot and played totally straight. It's fantastic. So what a legend! Uh, <laughs> I know it's great. It's great stuff. Uh, I highly recommend that, and I also highly recommend Return of Ultraman because, as I said, um, I was a little worried that my wife wasn't going to get into it, and as we were watching it, she was like there's some serious stakes here. I'm really kind of digging this. Uh, and according to some friends of mine who have kept watching return of Ultraman, they said it just gets, keeps getting better. Like every major Ooh. episode is like, just, just harrowing massive scale battles. And I'm like, all right, sign me up. So looking forward to digging more into that. Very cool. That sounds brilliant. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just to add to that, I'm pleased to say that following our Tiffany Grant episode, mm. I managed to convince my girlfriend quite easily to watch Evangelion because she'd never seen it, mm. had heard of it from other nerds, and was like, ah, oh, I'm not particularly bothered. And then after hearing the Tiffany Grant episode, she's like, oh, well, I want to kind of put a voice to a face, mm. sort of, in a way. And um, she watched the entire thing. Mm. And thoroughly enjoyed it up until the last two episodes, which is kind of what I expected. Oh, yeah. Everybody um, has an opinion on those. Yes. Yeah. And then I played her the end of Evangelion oh, movie. No. Yeah, well, uh, go on, actually. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Matt? I know it's off topic, but... Uh, no, that's okay. I don't... I didn't want to steal your thunder while you were talking about it, but it's just no, no, so please. funny because my... My wife did the same thing. Uh, while I was in Tokyo back in February, uh, I got a message from her saying, so a friend came over, we watched the first few episodes of Evangelion, and then they had to leave. So I said, well, screw it, I'm going to just binge the whole thing tonight. And then Whoa. she said, I have some opinions. <laughs> because... <laughs> Well, her whole yeah. thing is very much like, like, like we were talking about it and I was trying to get like her general, her general, cause I wouldn't say I'm an Ava fan. I have a lot of respect for it as a piece of art, but yes. I, I can't disagree with a lot of her assertions because she's basically like, so I just want to be clear about something. There is no one in this universe who does anything out of pure altruistic warmth or love. Everyone is out for themselves Everyone is terrible, and eventually we all just disappear into a void and die. And she and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the gist of it." And I remember she was like, "Well, what about what are the angels? What is the geofront? What's Lilith?" And I said, "Oh, all of that exists. Like you can find all of that information." But Anno didn't really care, so it's not in the show. And she proceeded to scream for about fifteen minutes. Um. So she, so after we watched the rebuild movies, she said, okay, I, I really like, I get what they're going for. This just is not my, this is not my cup of tea. This is this, this franchise is not my wheelhouse. And and fair enough. I mean, my kind of stance on Ava is that I think at its best, I think it packs a punch in the few series that come close to it. Mm -hmm. However, when I say at its best, I think that too often it can miss the mark and it can be just utterly bonkers mm-hmm. and even on occasion just quite gratuitous and unkind which i know is a bit of an odd word but it's it's just yeah i found it a very peculiar viewing experience and then watching it again more recently i'm like yep the points that i found uncomfortable i still find uncomfortable and the points that i think are brilliant it, it, it's still brilliant but it was nice to kind of like play it for someone and kind yeah. of get a different perspective well it's a very mean show in a lot of ways it's very mean because it it is about people looking for real connections and finding nothing yeah um although you could argue that the second movie tries to upend that a little bit the second rebuild film but anyway and that's that's not why we're here tonight though is it we're not here to discuss evangelion not at all we are here to talk about the turtliest of turtles gamera Specifically, the film Gamera the Invincible and Matt. Yes. You have a rather cool Gamera project you've been working on. <laughs> well, I've uh, been working on 
uh, the Gamera Complete Collection, or let's see, how do we Gamera the Complete Collection? That's the uh, that's the official title. Uh, I actually came up with that title. I just spitballed it. Uh, although, although I think I think they were probably going to go with something similar anyway. But uh, I I went ahead and made the logo as well, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll just use that." Um, so, box of Gamera goodness was already taken. That was thrown out. Uh, yeah, we Aww. we probably work in a row with that. But <laughs> bummer. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm the main artist on that box set. Uh, unlike the Criterion Gamera set, they decided to just basically saddle one artist with everything. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very exciting. I'm, uh, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very proud of a lot of the work I've done for it. Um, I, I also like, I'm just trying to think of this. There's just, there's just so much that happened with the set. Is there anything specific you want to know about it that I can talk about? How many pieces of art have you got in there? Uh, oh, geez. Last I counted, I made maybe 25 to 27 new pieces of art for it. Uh, one for almost every monster and almost every version of Gamera and, uh, some original pieces like for the packaging and, uh, and, and books and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it was a massive undertaking. (laughs) You've been busy. I, I started working on it like about this time last year. Wow. And that's not to say I've been working on it straight ever since then, but I really kind of hit my stride uh, late this past year and early this year once we kind of had a little more of a solid direction on how exactly we wanted to tackle it. Because uh, with products like this, things are in constant flux. You know, we're we're having to adapt kind of on the fly um, as to what, um, you know, what do the licensors want? What are the, what are the, what does the client want? What's going to be best for the packaging and all that. So we've really had to do a lot of, uh, adapting, but era has been fantastic to work with. They're super cool. They're very, they're huge Kaiju fans. They're very excited about all this. They sound cool. I mean, there's, kind of been some murmurings on the internet and i know that you've been aware of them but it seems like they saw what criterion did and they're like ah right well let me just one up that hold my beer you know, it, was kind of, it was kind of like that so one of the gripes uh i guess you could say with the criterion collection is they didn't necessarily take the best transfers of the godzilla films Whereas with the Gamera collection, they are doing, it's the four full K transfers that they're putting out there. Am I right in saying? Um, I, I can't speak too much to that mostly because I, I don't know. I know that the Heisei films are being taken from four K transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak to the Showa films, but I know they're going to be really nice transfers regardless. Yeah. The thing is, is the Showa transfers because if you go to any DVD or if you still have the VHS and whatnot knocking about, the quality on the Showa Gamera films is lacking. And there, I mean, I suppose to a degree you can give Criterion a bit of a pass because the Godzilla films have had a lot of treatment. They've had some cleaning up. There have been relatively nice transfers of those films that you can fall back on. But the Gamera ones, you do kind of have to put in that effort in order to make it a good release. And it sounds like Arrow's really pull out all stops to make that happen. So I'm really happy about that. 
they're working really hard on on making it making it as good a release as they can. Um, I I don't think that the I, I feel like uh, it bears mentioning that the Criterion set. It's not really Criterion's fault that the transfers for the Showa Godzilla movies are not the best, um, because usually what Criterion does is they go through and they they just will totally clean stuff up from the ground up. Like they'll take original uh, film reels and transfer it. That's what they did with Godzilla Fifty Four, yeah. and they did and an like amazing a, job. They did right, but you've you got to remember that they're working with Toho on this stuff, and Toho has a certain way they like to do things. One of those things is they, you know, they like to keep the cream of the crop for the Japanese releases and. They just, that was just the way things shook out was that um, Criterion sort of got uh, left with these transfers from like 2006 or something. So they had to kind of clean them up in post um, as best as they could. Uh, but, you know, I, I, so again, it's not like Criterion didn't want to put in the extra work and the extra oh, no, effort. Sure it's just, again, it's all, it all has to do with the licensors. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, how go. much free reign did you get with, you know, your artwork on camera? Did they say, oh, we want, like, one piece of art depicting a scene from each film? Or did they just say, hey, go nuts, you know, do do some do some doodles and we'll pick what we like? It's very interesting that, that you asked that because we were kind of, I was kind of given free reign because, again, when we started, we weren't, like, we sort of knew what we wanted to do, but things were still like a yeah. ways out from actual delivery. You know, the I don't want to go too too deep into it uh, because you know I, I we still you know it's just still early days. The, the set's still not out yet, but they really did kind of just that's that was what was so cool about it was they basically let me do whatever I want. I mean. Not uh, let's just say I even got to include an illustration of a certain giant snake uh, that I, you know, if the hardcore Gamera fans will know what I'm talking about. And they really listened to pretty much any suggestion I had, because I when I get involved on projects like these, I tend to have opinions. I tend to have opinions and I tend to take them over <laughs> a little bit. I'll t I tend to like kind of barrel my way into them and be like Ah, but we're doing this now. Um, that being said, yeah, they were very chill about it. I would suggest stuff. They'd be like, yeah, try that. Let's see if that works. And nine times out of ten, it would. Uh, you know, and and not just that. I was I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. So nine times out of ten, it worked. I want to know about <laughs> the one time it didn't. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just talking about, like, uh, certain artistic directions I wanted to go in. Like, um, my original plan... Because some of the art has been revealed already, like the main cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we revealed the main cover. Gauss, uh, Virus, I just released the other day because we were like, oh, Gamma vs. Virus came out this time back in the 60s, and uh, it's not... Topical. It's topical, <laughs> I guess. Um, and then uh, the Avant Gamera from The Brave, we also got to show off. And... Originally, 
that art style was not what I was going to go with. I was going to just do these single monster illustrations for everything, but uh, originally every monster was just going to be a solid color. I was really going to riff off of the King of the Monsters mo- kaiju posters, the the ones where you have like Rodan, it's all red, yeah. and Ghidorah, it's all yellow. Um, and I was doing those, and they were okay. There was something about it that wasn't sitting right. So I was working on Gauss, and I was going to do two versions of Gauss. I was going to do an all-red version because of that blood red, and then I was going to do an all-green version because of that bioluminescence that Gauss Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about him, actually. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she's so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. Actually, yeah. Right. So I started playing with the... I was just going through the each individual color layer and just pushing the hues and saturations to, to different levels. And just kind of out of nowhere, I got this beautiful contrasting this kind of pinkish yellow highlight with this bluish body over this green background. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just stumbled across this completely new art style. And I showed it to James Flower over at Arrow, who's just been nothing but a peach through this whole thing, just a tremendous to work with. And he said, yeah, I want to see where you go with this. So I took it and I ran with it and wound up doing all of them with like color uh, palettes that I've never would have never done before oh, okay. having just because I feel like I honestly like up before the Gamera set, I was I felt like I was in a little bit of an artistic rut, like not bad, but just I felt like I was kind of doing the same things over yeah. and over again. And uh and then I did this, I stumbled on this thing with Gamera and I'm like, oh my God, this is a game changer. Like I love everything about this. So I hope everybody else feels the same way because there's a lot more Kaiju that everyone has not seen. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to seeing it. Very cool. As I say, I do like that picture. I've, I've pulled it up now and I'm looking at it and you're right. It does look great. I love the subtle pink highlights. They're fantastic. Yeah. All of that was, like I said, total accident. <laughs> I just, just like, like I was just playing with those color values, and I'm like, nope, this is what it is. This is what we're going with. Um, what was the one that I really? Uh, I can't wait for people to see um, some of the other cameras because I really got to play with uh, color values and color gradations with them, and that that wound up being a lot of fun. So yeah. Very cool. And with that, I think we'll take our first break. Hello, this is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network, and I am here to tell you about Screen Heroes. Do you love superheroes? What about superheroes in film and TV? How about weird rankings like top five lists or maybe three people just arguing about top five lists? Either way, we are the podcast for you. Check us out every Tuesday night live on Twitch 
or subscribe to Screen Heroes Podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play. Now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. I'm here with Alex, Joe, and Matt. We've just had a good chat about what we've been up to and the lovely people at Arrow Video and the goodness of the new Gamera box set. And now we're going to dive in with our thoughts on Gamera the Invincible, I believe it's called, although the version I watched was called Gamera the Giant Monster. Um, Matt, um, in between the breaks, I think you said there are about four or five different versions. So hopefully they're all roughly the same um, and there's nothing too jarringly different. See, I believe that all the best films have multiple cuts. It, it's it's interesting you say that because I specifically dug up Gamera the Invincible with two M's, oh, okay. and that is the version. That's the version from oh, what is the Mystery uh, Science Theater? That is the version <laughs> where they tried to Raymond. No, no, the Mystery Science Theater version is actually the Sandy Frank version, which is relatively unchanged. The old. Uh, Gamera, the Invincible version, is the one where they, every five minutes or so, cut to a Pentagon meeting of a bunch of white people uh, talking and taking credit for what's happening. They're like, well, we sent Dr. Hidaka our missiles, or whatever. And it's ridiculous. I I loved it. So you probably watched something that was... (laughs) No, I saw that one that kept cutting away. That was the, um, yeah, Gamera the Giant giant Monster. It's... uh, amazing well i confess that i wasn't willing to shell out for a copy of gamma the invincible because i i I could not remember if i enjoyed the film or not it's ages since i'd seen it and then i realized the only version i've ever seen was the mystery (laughs) science theater um yes you know cut cut over the top of it so then paul who's an absolute legend said to me well on amazon prime you can check it out and i'm like oh okay i did that and I started watching it last night, but got tired because that's the story of my life. And then I started playing it again today, uh, mid-afternoon, for my daughter. And she kind of watched it with me. So we watched Aww. Gamera the Invincible today. That's nice. Good. Yeah. Uh, and it. kind of her thoughts on it was, <laughs> imme- was immediately, oh, that's a Godzilla <laughs> figure. And I'm like, yes, technically it's a Godzilla figure. Why do you think that, though? And then she pointed to my shelf, and then I realised I had a Gamera uh, X Plus figure from the High nice. Sai era. And then she's uh, like, oh, but it looks different. I'm like, oh, I've trained <laughs> you so well. You can tell apart different <laughs> eras of film. Well done, child. Now sit down. Shut up. Keep watching it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And we, we, we watched it together, and what became very clear was that she enjoyed kind of Gamera crawling out of the ice and roaring and then she became quite frightened at the point when the little kid is on that lighthouse and he looks like he's gonna die yeah and then he falls into gamera's hand and then she was so pleased <laughs> when gamera saves him and she said oh he's a friend <laughs> <laughs> and it was like yes perfect choice of words exactly perfect choice of words and say it paul who is gamera is the friend of all children Everybody knows that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's the friend he's the friend to all children. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Excellent. We enjoy watching it together. I do not remember all of the scenes with the white people talking. Uh, I don't remember that. Is that not in the Mystery Science Theatre version? 
That is correct. It's okay. uh, specifically, I want to say it's the American International version. Uh, right. they, they tried to do a Godzilla King of the Monsters 1956, uh, Varan the Unbelievable, you know, pick your poison. We will not mention tried- that cut of Varan. <laughs> mm. That doesn't exist. Yeah. It never happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm... I'm looking it up now. Uh, See, I was just about to criticize you saying, are you doing your emails while you're on a phone date with us? I felt kind of ignored, Matt. <laughs> I am doing research. Uh, he made Matt, work. He made Matt feel podcast. really awkward here because he didn't know this was a date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That would be the story of my life. Um, <laughs> Dying Motion Picture Production distributed by World Entertainment Corporation. So it was not American International. Okay. Uh, and that poster is dope though my my it. favorite release company or my favorite one was the mecha godzilla company i i really like that mm. one mm. yeah 1975 they released terror of mecha godzilla great great folks <laughs> wonderful that's a good year stuff. late isn't it <laughs> a little bit um mm. no good stuff is that the old terror of godzilla cut um, the Terror of Mechagodzilla cut, and I think it was released by Good Times Video. Um, <laughs> That's took, a great name. They well, they took out um, the intro, as it were. I, some cuts featured the introduction, which basically sums up the show a Godzilla series up until the point of Terror of Mechagodzilla. Yeah, but yeah, the the dub, yeah. uh, the the classic media DVD version has the old intro where it's like it does. It, it uses uh, it kind of presents the X the planet X aliens as the creators of Mechagodzilla because you know <laughs> for whatever you know, reason that cringy type of nerd who at conventions starts arguing the toss over certain dubs and certain edits and in this edit in this version there are two minutes missing and I'm a super fan because I realize that I feel like we're entering that kind of realm right now talking <laughs> about multiple edits. And it's getting a little bit elitist, the knowledge. So can, can Boy, we... I made a career out of knowing way too much about lizards. Um... Yeah, yes, dear Matt. However, for our entry-level listeners, can we please explain what the Dickens is Gamera the Invincible? Like, let's start okay. the basics. Okay, I will sum this up. So Gamera the Invincible is about a giant turtle. And not only, yeah, not <laughs> only, <Turtle. it>, <laughs> <laughs> all right. For those that did not get the inside joke, look up Turtle Land Animal Planet on Google and have yourself a fun time. Anyway, <laughs> stop, there, stop there, stop there, Joe. Right now, before camera, because we were hoping for a segue where you could talk about the Turtle Boy story. So, can you please, um, Matt, can you share the story about your dad? Picking up a turtle. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, living in Texas when you're in the kid in the 1970s, you ain't got a whole lot to do. You ain't got your Dame Boys or your 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 iPhones or your Yowie manga. Hey, you tell boy, I'll tell you what. You preach, boy. This is not what my dad sounds like at all. Um, <laughs> my dad was a surfer hippie, but um, he used to like, like, as I did when I was younger, uh, we, he used to hunt for uh, snakes and turtles and baby alligators and stuff out, out in the swamplands of Houston, or pretty much anywhere in Texas that's vaguely deciduous and swampy. Um, everything in Texas will kill you. We're the Australia of America. Um, so 
when we were, when he was younger, he found a snapping turtle in a nearby pond. Now he was going to take it back to this shack that he had where he kept all of these, all these tanks and, and aquariums and stuff where he kept all these critters he had caught. And so he had this snapping turtle by the tail. For those of you who don't know what a snapping turtle is, they're big, horrible turtles that are mostly native to America. Uh, I think they pop up elsewhere, but they have jaws like like scissors combined with, what, like 800 pounds per square inch of pressure? I don't know, but... It's, they're very, they're not really to be trifled with, but if you're a kid, again, if you're a kid in the 70s in, or I guess at this point it would have been the 60s, you're a kid in the 60s in Texas, what else are you going to do? You're going to play with dangerous animals. And so he's carrying this thing back to uh, his his home. And the thing is, is that snapping turtles, you know, uh, they're pretty big. They're pretty big and they're pretty heavy. He's holding it out with one arm by the tail, and as he's walking, his arm is getting more tired, more tired, more tired, and he's drifting closer and closer to his leg, and then, bam, the snapper uh, gets him right in his leg, uh, right in his thigh. Uh, thank God he was wearing jeans, because otherwise it would have taken a chunk out of him. I think he dropped it and just left it there <laughs> in like the middle of the woods somewhere. <laughs> but uh, needless to say... Uh, he, uh, was, uh, uh, probably didn't, I, I, to my knowledge, I don't think he messed with any more snapping turtles. Although I did the same at a, a summer camp one year. I pulled a snapping turtle out of the, uh, out of the nearby lake and then I got yelled at. So I put it back. Um, that's, that's our snapping turtle story. And I feel like a better person than hearing that story <laughs> twice now. Good. No, twice. no, no. Th- thank you so much for that, Matt. It's um, much better with the, the voice. You always oh. do with the voice. Always do with the voice. <laughs> I think because my experience of remotely Southern American accents is restricted to Left 4 Dead 2, hearing <laughs> yeah. kind of anything... Land. Yeah, exactly. Anything that reminds me of Ellis from Left 4 Dead 2, I'm happy about. So... Going back to Gamera, looking online, as I understand it, there's Gamera the Invincible and Gamera the Giant Monster. So are they totally separate films, or are they just cut from each other? Uh, Gamera the Giant Monster is technically the Japanese version. That's the version where it's just the main characters are Dr. Hidaka, his assistant, the reporter, and the little boy, uh, Toshio, or Kenny, as he's called in the Sandy Frank dub. Uh, Kenny, Kenny, uh, I did not know this. Like, mm-hmm. We're just going to oh, have yeah. all these Japanese characters, and we're just going to pluck Kenny from the sky. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's the thing is the Sandy Frank version. They all uh, the I think the only character who retains his actual name is Doctor Hidaka. Everyone else is uh, Alan or Jim, uh, and uh, yeah, and so. But the Gamma, the Invincible, that is the version where, like I said, they tried to they tried to Raymond Burrify it, and it just keeps cutting to the same two or three scenes of scientists and politicians discussing what to do about Gamera and then not interacting with anyone on the other side of the planet. Yeah, well, they had to add the Cold War element to it. They just had to. So oh, of course, so that element wasn't already present in. 
the one of the quintessential Cold War kaiju movies. Yeah. So to set the scene at the most basic level, the plot of Gamera the Giant Monster. In the Arctic, an unknown aircraft is shot down by an America American fighter jet, and the aircraft crashes and creates a low-level atomic explosion, and that basically wakes up what is known by the locals as Gamera, who is, well, he's, he's a very, very large turtle. And what is what are his abilities, people? What can he do? What can't he do? He can fly? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a super, he's Gamera, the super monster. You'd have to think that he was like genetically engineered in order to do all this stuff. Mm. You would think. You yeah. would think. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like looking at the roster of his abilities, he's like the Superman of the monster universe because there's a lot he can do. He hasn't kind of like fine-tuned one skill. He seems to be able to fly. He can breathe fire. That's what it is, isn't He's it? got the whole... Sp- no, he moves around like a UFO, though, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he flies better than Godzilla flies, but, um... Like, like, uh, you know, <laughs> fi- not well, exactly difficult. Because Godzilla does fly, we have to accept he that does. and shower. Yeah. yeah, it happened. Yeah, yeah. So, really, yeah. I mean... He can... I, I mean, he obviously can breathe fire. He can also eat fire. He can fire, eat fire, yeah, that's very I interesting. He's a what did what did you describe? Somebody described him as a, a silica-based life form. Yeah, yeah. He's like doesn't he doesn't live off of oxygen. He lives off of sulfur nitrates or something, which I think is really fun. Which isn't fire for those of our listeners who want to know about chemistry and physics. But sulfur, sulfur is 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 it's 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 hot. So therefore, fire. That's, that's Actually, if he, if, he, if, if he feeds on sulfur nitrates, that makes him a very smelly monster, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, um, we'll just throw that out there. Is is Gamera an antagonist or a protagonist? Which, well, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> no well, well, these, are, these are all questions that our listeners could be asking. They, they might never have seen a Gamera movie, and this is your chance, guys, to really sell Gamera the Invincible slash okay. Gamera the Giant Monster. Pre-order the com- Gamera Complete Collection now. Uh, beat the rush in a the middle of a recession. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, We're not dragging no, uh, anybody down. No, no, no. I, I. And actually, what that, the, serious question? What version does the box set have of this film? Uh, it has both versions. It's going to have the Japanese version and uh, Gamera the Invincible with all the white people. Okay. Okay. And at least two black people, which is progressive for 1965. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, 65. <laughs> yes, but he imme- but the the first black guy that I saw in Gamera the Invincible immediately gets <laughs> told to kind of, you know, step down. You're tired. You don't know what you're talking about. And similarly, I noticed that one of the first um, female characters in Gamera the Invincible. Go make some coffee. Yeah. Literally yeah. that. It's basically, yeah. it's going to be a long night, hun. Make a cup of coffee, dear. It's like, wow. Make a cup of coffee. <laughs> Nothing like a firm open palm slap on the behind to get you working. Um, sorry, that's an old Family Guy reference. Um, but yeah, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about a giant turtle. Yeah, we were talking about Gamera's thoughts on the human race. So at the beginning of the movie, he hates them. Spoilers, folks. But um, he destroys a ship, and not many people survive. I think there are only three survivors. And then he just kind of goes off. And I think that there are mild rampages. And then 
at one point, shall we say middle of the film, um, our young protagonist, the uh, child, Kenny. Toshio. Toshio to the politically Very similar names, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh. um, Kenny's just stuck in my head now. I can't believe they did that. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Toshio really likes turtles. He likes turtles more than people. And apparently Gamera, like turtles. apparently Gamera picks up on this. So Toshio is just hanging out by the beach one night while his parents are indoors, which is great parenting. And he happens to spy Gamera and he runs back and tells everybody. And everybody's like, ah, get away from the lighthouse. Funny that mm-hmm. there's a lighthouse in all of these monster pictures now. Mm-hmm. But um, Foghorn reference, folks. But anyway, um, Toshio decides to go up into the lighthouse to get a better look at said giant turtle, because <laughs> why not? And Gamera, uh, he knocks over the lighthouse, but in a way, I guess, of making up for his property damage, he catches Toshio and safely lies him on the ground next to his family. And then does, you know, like, photo op roar and leaves. So, so you're saying that... Sorry to stop you in your tracks. So you're saying that Gamera is responsible for destroying the lighthouse, but still saves him. Therefore, we treat him as a hero. No, well, I wouldn't say a hero. It's kind of like Henry Cavill in Man of Steel. You know, he destroys the city, mm. but he's still a hero. Ben Affleck didn't agree with that. Well, no, because the, <laughs> I wanted Henry someone to fight. I wanted someone to fight. Henry Cavill that got off the movie is like, I guess, ostensibly trying to save the city. This is just Gamera just hyperdermider. I'm just gonna set fire to the city and then eat it. <laughs> I don't know. That's what Gamera's roar sounds like, folks. Just so you know. Gamera yep. knocking over the lighthouse, then catching Kenny, is like a really, really terrible friend walking along with you by the roadside as a car comes, pretending to knock you into the car, then catching you and be like, oh, it's okay, it's a joke, though. It's like, no, you're still yeah. an asshole. You don't get to knock <laughs> over the lighthouse and catch you and be like, I'm such a guy. No, you destroyed oh a lighthouse. <laughs> so here's a thought. If if Toshio was an adult, would a gamera have saved him? Does he, does no. he single out children as the people to save? Or He only yeah. likes children. Okay. <laughs> Entering uncomfortable territory here. Yeah, I know, right? Quite. Quite. He murdered yes. quite a few people. I, I, yeah. okay, like, if we're getting, if we're getting serious, you, you guys brought me in the show, this is your fault. Are uh, we getting serious? We're super serious right now. I have never been accused of serious in my life. How dare you? It was just this total afterthought by the filmmakers, by uh, Noriaki Iwasa and the filmmakers. They just had this complete afterthought, in apropos of nothing, to be like, oh, we should make this monster appeal directly to kids. Uh, have them save the kid at the lighthouse. All right, moving on. And they just never addressed it. It was just, it was purely put in there to create this totally artificial, the art of cinema! And just like, uh, anyway, sorry. That whole thing gives me an aneurysm. Calm down, Matt. Calm down. Yeah, no, no, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll be serious for a moment. Um, so are you saying that this was like, was it a targeted marketing kind of ploy in the same way that like Godzilla All Monsters Attack is most definitely kind of a kid's Godzilla movie? Or was it just something that happened by accident? What, what is kind of your thoughts? I... No, 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 like, like, at a certain point during the production, they decided, oh, no, no, this needs to appeal to kids. Like, we have yeah. to get Gamera to appeal to kids in a way that, at the time, excuse me, at the time, Godzilla was only just starting to. 
yes. they appeal more to kids. Which actually okay. I have an interesting anecdote about. Now we'll get back to that in a moment. But that being said, it's it's but it's not like Godzilla's Revenge or All Monsters Attack because All Monsters Attack. Well, yes, it was specifically created to be more appealing to kids. I feel like there's a point to it that it's trying to make, where it's like, you know... Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. Yes, but it's a little more like, this (laughs) is the current reality of the Japanese latchkey children lifestyle. This is what Japanese kids are, you know, the the Japanese nuclear family is being dissolved by the... um, the less glamorous aspects of the post-war economic restoration. So because it's Honda, you know that there's actually a point to it as opposed to this, where it's like, Hey, you gotta go look at a kid's gonna like a turtle. That's it. And we'll take our second break. Thank you very much. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. Hi there, y'all! Welcome back to Kajikur House, where we're talking about some turtles. You just gotta make sure turtles don't, you know, bot off two or three of your fingers like they did to me! Turtles! Ah! Oh, the turtles! Now I can only see turtles. Nice, delicious, though! Turtles in my nightmares! The waking existential dread that is the turtle! Giant turtles with tusks! Turtles that fly at you! You know, the universe is said to be built... On the inside of a turtle shell. Yeah. Learn you a little uh, world history there. Is it Gamera the Giant Monster or Gamera the Invincible, the name of this turtle? Oh, I told you once. I told you a thousand times. Maybe we should talk about this film now. Invincible's the American version. <laughs> I think so. So, Kenny the Invincible. Right. Yes. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, so, that kid. How far did that kid fall? What? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care how, how close you are from falling from a uh, a, a height. You're going to land in the, the hand of a giant turtle. You're breaking all your bones. And mm. um, when did you first see Gamera in any form, Matt? When did you first see it? Uh, actually, that's a really good question. Uh, I saw Gamera. I learned about Gamera because my parents bought... A VHS for me at a local video shop in San Antonio, Texas, where I was born and raised. And it was Legend of the Dinosaurs, which some of you may recall. I love that. uh, 
the Jaws knockoff made by Toei in the 70s that's um, got some actually pretty good stuff in it. Like, I actually like some of the effects work. You're about to say one of my favorite brands, too. It was a Just for Kids release, too, wasn't it? Yes! It was a Just for Kids, which that movie is not for children! (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's very violent. Um, But anyway... uh, the so at the very end of the VHS at the at the you know the the they had a, like a previews of other videos that are available and they were like you know you had this little this little this kid who's like the host and he looks like oh who's the kid from Wonder Years uh, Fred Savage no stop it <laughs> uh, Fred, he looks like Fred Savage. And he's all like, it's like, I'm going to show you a world full of monsters, some are good and some are bad. And it's like, this, 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 this three. It was very, yeah, it was a very dramatic kid announcer that would plop in these VHS and you'd see like these previews for these films, which is really kind of neat in the, in the way, because a lot of other films as a kid, you'd watch and then it was just the credits at the end. But just for kids had these really cool adverts at the end. Like, I think that you'll probably remember this, Matt, but. On some of the Gamera films, they had Brave Star, you know, like oh, it would come at the end. Brave Star. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you'd get all of that stuff at the end and like all these different things. And they were kind of like edgy and, but you know, it was still mm. just for kids. So it was neat. Just for kids. It's for kids. Yeah. See, uh, see trailer but- reels are so important because I think now that we're forever waiting on YouTube for a trailer to drop and you can pretty much time it down to the minute. Like everyone's just waiting around for it. That sense of kind of surprise has been lost a little bit because so many things that I've discovered over the years, particularly through my childhood, I would find through accident by watching a trailer reel at the end or at the start of a VHS and be like, oh, what is that? I'm going to go and find it now. And that just doesn't really happen. But sorry, Matt, what were you saying? Uh, no, no, no. That's, uh, that's a really interesting, you know, perspective to have on it because yeah there's like there was so much content at the time that would have no you wouldn't know about it unless you stumbled across it or saw it on a shelf somewhere nowadays you know content is being piped into our face holes 24 7 but at the time you know, can you imagine, like, if I had... I'm sure I would have seen Gamera one way or another, but I just remembered those trailers were my only exposure to Gamera at the time. And I remember, like, at school, like, telling my friends, like, oh, he's like a turtle, he's got tusk, and he can shoot fire out of his shell, and he, and it's, he fights like a bat that has, like, a full... Like, a, like, a, like an iron board for a head. And... And laser beams! And lasers! And it was, and then I remember, uh, the first one I actually saw, the first Gamma movie I saw end to end, like I found it, uh, I rented it on VHS when I was visiting my cousins in Marble Falls, Texas. And it was Guron. It was Gamma versus Guron, which is classy. It's classy. Mm -hmm. Marble Falls. Marble Falls, Texas. That that sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog level. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, Zone 3. Marble Falls. It's not that far off. It's very, uh, it's very pretty out there. I mean, they got some, some darn good omelets at the Blue Bonnet Cafe. Mm. Anyway. Sorry, I've destroyed your flow talking about Aquatic Ruins, Casino Royale, and, (laughs) sorry, Casino Nights. That was the name of the level, wasn't it? Um, Marble Falls, that's where you saw it. Yeah, Marble Falls, it was a, there was a uh, local grocery store. They had a little video rental section. 
and in the video rental they had uh, they had a Gamera VHS, and I didn't recognize the monster though because I thought there were only the three Gamera movies: uh, original Gamera, Barugan, Gauss, oh, and Zegra. Those are the only trailers I saw. And when I saw the trailer for, uh, sorry, when I saw the VHS for Juron, I'm like, oh god, there are other Gamera movies. Uh, and there may have know, been a reason they didn't give you the trailer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shave their heads and eat their brains. <laughs> I had a what similar about? experience. I had the Just yep. for Kid videos as well. I still have those videos. Nice. Um, yeah, I uh, saw the original Gamera the Invincible. Not the original film, but you know, like the first film in the Gameras, the first one that I saw, at a place called SRO Video in Kansas City. And it was they had that, they had Terror of Mechagodzilla, and a few others, basically this place was where i got my first tasting of kaiju films and then um later on suncoast video popped into my life and it was amazing because you could get these videos here and the thing is like they had to have like almost a whole section to accommodate all the different monster movies and i was quite fortunate because my father would you know take me to suncoast and for the sake of nine dollars i get one of these movies so I went for Gamera versus Gauss next, and I really enjoyed that film. That is a great Gamera film. Okay. Just going to leave it at that. For myself, it was Excellent. 2011, and my then-girlfriend um, got chatting to me about sort of mutual interests, and I said that I was really into Godzilla. And she said, oh, well, I'm not really into Godzilla, but I like Gamera. And I'm like, Gamera, what's that? And then she started quoting lines from the mystery science theater going he's a good turtle and i'm like what on earth are you on about and then a couple of lemonades down she plays it for me and then she's like right sit down watch gamera and i'm like okay and good grief what on earth did i sign up for and i'm used to hammy schlocky films but gamera i don't know what it is about it it's it's, it's another level did does anyone agree with me on that that it, it does feel schlockier than even schlocky Godzilla films. When he did there's gymnastics, a, that was pretty special. There's a quality. Oh. I mean, I even I, I even wrote like a introduction in one of the introductions in the in the upcoming box set. And one of the things I said was there is just a quality to Gamera that is so uniquely Japanese. It it just kind of goes ham on. In in ways that just I don't think any American, any self-respecting American would even go down that road, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> See, uh, I think you've sold it in a far more sophisticated manner that makes it sound like it's a cultural tour de force. When I just watched Short. it, you know, um, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I didn't kind of get an intellectual experience from it. I just thought, good grief. That was a very strange film. (laughs) And then I thought nothing of it, and then my uh, girlfriend said to me, now you've watched that, let's watch Gamera vs. Baragon. There's a rainbow that comes out of its uh, its face. I'm like, oh, why? Why am I doing this? Why? And the the rest Uh, is history. So I'm going to pose a question to the group, because this invariably comes up. Between Gamera fans and Godzilla fans, who would want to fight Gamera or Godzilla? 
<laughs> Honestly, I was I was really pleasantly surprised at how good it was. I think if I saw the Japanese version, it would have been much better. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's legit. That's pretty positive. It yeah. was very yeah, very positive. I was expecting to hate it, but I actually really loved it. For all that we have, and rightly so, some kind of gripes with the American cut for having so many um, sort of White House and Pentagon moments in it. There was a point that actually did really stand out to me that I giggled at twice last night and today when I watched it. The point when there's that talk show happening. Um, oh, yeah. That, that is quite funny. And there's a point when the man says, you called me an ape, not just an ape, an ignorant ape. That, that, that was quite funny. And But then, yeah, it's I'm, I'm clutching at straws. I think as a cut... It isn't great, so I feel like I do need to sit down again and watch the Japanese cut because yeah. Gamma Invincible, it gets uh, from me. See, what would I give it out of 10? Probably a 5 out of 10. It was just all right. Not great. But then I recently watched The Meg, which I know isn't <laughs> a Gamma movie, but I watched The Meg recently and I nearly turned it off a couple of times because I just thought it was so <gasps> I thought it was fun! It uh, is fun, and the thing yeah, is, what you it. have to get... rampage, but... You have to read the books. I am the guy that tells everybody to read the books. If you read the Meg's books, books particularly, in my opinion, The Trench, when they go to where the Meg is from and stay there... You get to he- you get to read some really cool scenes and some really great action sequences, and they really flesh out why it's down there and how it's down there. Okay, so maybe we'll cool, get that in the sequel. But you didn't get that. Well, the sequel is supposedly the Lock. They're going to make okay. a film called The Lock, which, which is the Lock also, is actually a really good book. I like that. It one a lot. is a fantastic book. It is so. By all means, read those. Don't necessarily take Alex's opinion of the film. Um, speaking <laughs> of, don't, fun. Speaking of, don't we actually have the the writer of those books coming on the podcast soon? Yes, we do. We have <gasps> cool. spoken with Steve Alton, and uh, he's a really cool bloke. And um, yeah, I think he's going to come on. I, I'm going to have have you guys uh, put me in touch with him because I want to talk to him about something. But anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, snapper turtles. Yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make a snake. What about giant snapping turtles? Oh wait, yeah. um, no. Um, that is, uh, I was going to say, like, you know, as far as monster movies go, wait, we're not talking about the Meg or Rampage. We're talking about Gamera. Sorry. Go ahead, yeah. y'all. No, no, no. Ga- ga- <laughs> Gamera. Gamera. Do you think Gamera's aged well? No. <laughs> well, just, I, I'll say it aged well. The, the fact that I enjoyed it says a fair bit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. I, I would say that it's a very... I don't know. I don't know if we were doing a roundtable like final thoughts on Gamera or not, because you know we did the you did you gave it a rating. Um, is that what we're doing now? Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's sound like we had a plan all along. <laughs> sure. I can wait. I can wait if somebody else wants to go. No, no, go for it, Matt. Go for it. All right, all right, fine. I would say that it is a film that. I, I think it's fun for a lark. Uh, the American version is kind of baffling because it keeps going to these unrelated characters and they're just talking. They're talking about kind of nothing. They're basically like, what do we do? And it's not like Shin Godzilla where you're basically watching a bunch of adults be competent at their jobs. <laughs> you're watching a bunch of people not know what to do. 
And uh, I don't know. But, you know, I feel like there's enough of the original Japanese Gamera in there to still keep it moving in a fairly good clip. Um, and the original movie, like, has a lot to enjoy. Like, there's actually some pretty good effects. And I, I really like some of the miniature work. There's also a lot of really interesting, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff with regards to Gamera, with, like, how they, they did not have a Nakajima. They didn't have a one, at most two guys to keep putting in the Gamera suit. They kept having to grab stagehands and, like, day workers and stuff because no one wanted to be in the suit because it sucked. So they kept, like, cycling through these poor... Uh, stagehands and lighting guys and stuff. They were they got to the point. Rumor is they got to the point where they were drawing straws to see who was going to be Gamera <laughs> today. So, I, I, I I'm I'm going to give it. I will give the ja- original Japanese version um a solid six out of ten just for for being what it is in its place in history. I will definitely give the American version a more closer to a four out of 10, just because it's like, it's fun for fans as a, as a lark, as a novelty, but whoo. And of course you can get that lark or novelty, uh, this July in the Gamera, the complete collection from, uh, Arrow video, a pre-order now beat the rush. <laughs> You're like the third plug. Shameless, shameless mm-hmm. one might say. Buy it. it's $130 on Amazon come on so there you go Joe what are your final thoughts on the film I have a lot of nostalgia attached to this film and Godzilla 1985 is one of my favorite Godzilla films the American Cup was what I saw originally and I it's weird to say I guess but when I think back and like what makes me nostalgic for that film it was kind of like the Cold War not getting along all these things that I didn't quite understand and then you see that in Gamera the Invincible and it kind of brings back some of that nostalgia in other ways for me yeah I think it is an interesting film culturally to watch because you have to think about the motivations of putting the Americans and Russians arguing together inside in that film in those rooms you have the meetings cutting away and you get to see a bit of American culture. And you get to see a bit of Japanese culture. Um, I mean, like more or less side by side time frame wise. So from that aspect, I do find it interesting that Matt said it has good miniature work. Um, the actual prop that they use for Gamera when he's breathing fire is an impressive, uh, impressively sculpted prop. I do like the scenes where Gamera's interacting with the uh, explosions. Um, those were filmed really well. I like how uh, the pace goes in some parts of the film. It does have its jarring moments, like uh, when Kenny falls out of the lighthouse. Was not expecting that. But at the same time, it's those memorable moments that make Gamera what it is. So... I'm not going to say it's a perfect film, but it definitely has that rewatchability that not many older films do have. And it did spawn an entire series of films afterwards. I will give it three out of four Ninja Turtles, but it's nice, but it's missing Leonardo. Uh, Okay. That was charming. Well played. (laughs) There we go. Very nice. Oh, I forgot to give it like a, like a weird, uh, 
uh, arbitrary rating. Right um, after I've stolen the Ninja Turtles. Well, no, because we, we usually do that. Uh, we usually do that over at oneofus.net where we'll give something like uh, somebody gave onward uh, four out of ten uh, second edition D&D books, um, which I feel like is fair. Um, I love that movie. No, I, I was going to say, yeah, it's fine. I was going to say a six out of ten <laughs> time. Six out of ten fakers that got bit off boss Seven Turtles. Um, all right. So is Go that ahead. four fingers or six or like how are we rating <laughs> that? You, okay. you be the judge. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna okay. Well, I'm going to say on a scale of alien to Prometheus, <laughs> I would place it. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. <laughs> You've triggered um, Paul now. I, I would place it on Alien Three. Nice. Okay. I, I think Alien Three. No, has, no, exactly. Not because that, that's yeah. my point. Because Alien Three has some really good moments in it, but it's jarring and quite messy. So, yeah, my ridiculous scale is philosophical as well. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Paul. <laughs> I can't think of one. <laughs> All I can think about is Kenny and how he survives that train crash. Well, you have to bring graboids into the conversation somehow. You have to bring you have to bring oh, graboids oh, into God, this. Yeah. So now you found your oh. niche. On. On, on a scale of graboid to ass blaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably a a cold day in hell. <laughs> that's what it is. Was that, was that, it's Tremor 6, 6. It? 6 out of the 6 films yeah. where it's, it, it's enjoyable but there are a few moments that oh, not so good do you want to see that? D- just passing us there, that, that was this episode Jumping the Shark I'm, I'm so sorry everyone <laughs> <laughs> um, it has been so You're welcome. it has been fantastic fun um, right, and to round things off if nothing else, who would like to lead? Go on, Matt. Fourth shameless plug. Yeah, go on. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Era Video is releasing Gamera, the uh, complete collection, on <laughs> Blu-ray in July. If society still stands by that point, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy all of your Gamera goodness in one spot. Of course, if uh, Katokawa gets uppity and decides to make a new Gamera movie, that title will be pointless and I've wasted my life. So, <laughs> go buy it now. There was a lot of emotion there. I'm going to counter that with optimism and say that all being well, fingers crossed, you can take your copy of the box set along to the UK Kaiju convention this August, (gasps) and you can get it signed by Matt, who will be there in person. God willing, we hope, Kenny Blessing, it will happen. (laughs) I'm 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 very hopeful for it as well. I've never been to the UK. I'm very very excited at the prospect. I've got so many things I want to see. Yeah. So many uh impractical sites I want to go to and have these schmucks drive me around to go check out. So here's hoping. Yeah. I say schmucks in a loving way. Yeah, of course. No, it's good. We know what you mean. No. <laughs> No, um, I, I, I lap up the Yiddish. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Paul, <laughs> if nothing else. If nothing else, I'm going to request some help from our listeners, if, if they dare. I'm going to attempt to play Monster Hunter World on the PlayStation or maybe the Xbox. Ooh, I, I own it on yeah. both consoles for some reason. So 
if if any gamers listen to the podcast, please reach out to me on on Twitter or the Facebook group. Say you want to teach me how to play this game so I can slay some monsters and not just get killed all the time. Please, <laughs> thank you. I ac- I actually have it myself. Maybe we can leap on at some point. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Hunt some anginats. Yeah. Yeah, that's an idea. Awesome. Thank you. Joel? If nothing else, I want all of our listeners who have seen Gamera the Invincible to imagine a point where he tilts back his head and roars. And instead of his typical Gamera cry, <laughs> I want you to think, <laughs> Might lose something. Thanks, Gamera yeah. versus Girod. It's about as silly as that. <laughs> wow. Um, if if nothing else, check out the game Rain World, which you can get on PlayStation 4, Xbox, and I've been playing on Nintendo Switch. It is a very large, very difficult, open-world sort of sandboxy puzzle game where you play as a little slug moving around trying to get from hibernation to hibernation successfully you eat and then you sleep during a rainstorm but what's its links to kaiju i ask you saying well there are gigantic monsters that will eat you and it's a really raw game it's quite tense but it's great fun like you are not a predator in that you are the prey and everything will eat you it is great fun check it out rain world thank you rain world if you do not like difficult games and if you like having your hand held through things, do not play Rain World. It's not like playing a Mario game where, oh, you died five times. Don't worry, we've made you invincible so you can complete the game. No. If you if you die five times, you will die a sixth and a seventh. It is, unfortunately, trial by death as a game. But it's good fun. Thank you very much, everyone. Shall we sign off now? Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. And keep it kaiju. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thanks. See you next time. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. If you enjoyed it, why not visit heroespodcast.com to see other shows in their network. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Curry Kaiju or join our Facebook group, UK Kaiju Fans. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next time. minutes now and we have we have still like virtually talked nothing about this film (laughs) we We haven't even gotten into plan z oh this is another thing that dawn caught dawn's like why is it plan z i think and i just go i think it was just the last thing that they could think of so it was (laughs) at the end (laughs) oh my god she was just like oh okay me 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 but also you the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat>
Bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it comes to working at Geico, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she's so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At Geico, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, Geico has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only down she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring flame sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City.